Grand Rising, MI5, my people, my family, my tribe. Happy Tuesday, everybody. I hope you're having a wonderful start to your week this week. And today we have the MI5 show once again. As you know, on Tuesdays, the MI5 show represents kind of highlighting the success of another entrepreneur who's, who's seen success and accomplishment in their specific field. Um, you know, part of MI5, you know, MI5 meaning millionaire in five years, we want to be able to show you guys the journey of somebody who's been through, who's had the challenges and overcome them and is now living the job-free entrepreneur life. And this week we have Mr. Troy Marchand. And, you know, me, Troy and I, we met in Puerto Rico on our most recent trip to the uh, Global Information Network uh, event. And we had a, a very deep and intimate connection just kind of like randomly around this little like fire pit thing that wasn't even lit. And uh, the rest is history, man. So and, and now we're making collaborations. And um, yeah, so Troy, what's going on, man? Hey, man. Glad to be here. Uh, great meeting you in Puerto Rico. And uh, yeah, happy to do this for you. Yeah, bro. It's it's great to have you on here. Uh, you know, just having another successful entrepreneur and, and also someone that's in a very relevant um, field. You know, e-commerce is just absolutely blowing up recently. Um, you know, just to give the audience a little bit more context on who you are and what you do, I'd love to hear your, I, you know, like 10-minute autobiography or your mini autobiography. <laughs> How far back are you going to go? Hey, man, start from an age and go from there. <laughs> <laughs> Right go on. from your favorite age and go up from there. Favorite yeah. age. <laughs> right on, man. Well, um, went to college on a full scholarship playing soccer at IUPUI. Um, had a few knee injuries that ended my career a little early. Uh, finished in finance, e-com, investing, and jumped to a $5 billion family office here in Indianapolis. My, so my first day on the job was January 2nd, 2008. <laughs> Welcome to the financial world, Mr. Newbie. Um, <laughs> For real. Uh, I think on, on February 14th, I discovered what auction rate securities were, which was way above my pay grade uh, as a new analyst in the, in the field. And all I know is uh, these grown men run into the office, very successful, very successful, right? I mean, running $5 billion. And I mean, this is like grown men crying. Um, you know, the auction rate security market has froze, Troy. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. And they're like, this means we have hundreds of millions of dollars completely frozen and we cannot touch it. <laughs> Why? We don't know how long, right? So... Uh, that was like my foray into into investing in the investment world. Um, and so from there, I kind of went to a mutual fund. We were running a billion dollar mutual fund and I was this stock analyst and I was always looking for just the weirdest, most obscure stock things. I mean, going into SPACs and arbitrage and SPAC warrants off the beaten path names. Um, and so I did that for about five years and had a really high success rate of picking winning stocks and was just doing really well. And um, I really liked spinoffs. So for those that don't know, a spinoff would be like a, a company has different companies underneath its segments. And sometimes they'll go and spin off a company. And what happens is it, it can either create two separate securities or, you know, they can sell part of it. So I caught wind of this small company is like 600 million market cap and they were selling $540 million of the business. And they were going to leave this $60 million publicly traded market cap company private or public. And I was like, this is really weird. Like what, like, why wouldn't you just sell the whole thing? You know, this didn't make any sense. So, kind of launched my entrepreneur career because I got this hunch where I was like, I need to go full activist on this, on this company. And I need to go raise $10 million tomorrow. And this was in uh, late 2014. So I just started having meetings with all these investors 
and eventually ran into enough guys and we had like 15 million um, allocated to the fund. So I'm like, yes, we've done it. We're off to the races. We're going all in on one stock. We're going to take the board seat, everything, right? We're going to be this classic, you know, value activist investor and create value for everyone. And I'm sure this stock is going to double within two years um, and likely sell. But management had eroded some value before. So uh, I go out, I have all these meetings. I mean, I'm talking like we had guys flying in from Australia meeting us. We had five meetings with them. <laughs> and um, they're like, yeah, we're good. We're good for the money, you know, blah, blah, blah. So we we go to, but they, but their caveat was, they didn't want it all invested in one stock, so they wanted some diversification and they didn't want the money back. They wanted like they're like, this we gotta reallocate it. We don't want to do that. So my second daughter is scheduled to be born February 15th. I quit my job on February 14th. Uh leave nice. uh April 1st. This fund, this hedge fund I set up launches, special purpose vehicle launches. These guys go totally MIA. I mean, they won't answer a phone call. They won't answer an email. They are totally gone, like off the radar. So we're like, oh, what do we do now? So we had we had some other money locked up, but it was about a million dollars, which I mean, if you know much about the activist world, a million dollars on a $60 million market cap company isn't really gonna scare anyone the company would have just launched a lawsuit against us that was totally frivolous, but we couldn't have, you know, fought it. So we ended up just launching a hedge fund per se. I mean, it was myself, I had a business partner, but he was totally absent. He was just kind of support. And <laughs> this is my first foray into entrepreneurship and boom, just like nothing. It's intense. Money just didn't come. Right. So we go a year um, I mean, the stock's doing well, but we're diversified into other things as well. Um, cause it was, it was, we, we really wanted institutional money to, to make that play. Right. That's someone with a billion dollar portfolio and they're willing to invest 10 million. Right. Like that's not your average investor. So come a year later, we were still at a million dollars. So we kind of rolled that into a private equity fund called a mezzanine fund. Um, January 15th, 2016, we, 16, we launched a mezzanine fund. We partnered with a guy. We were able to raise 5 million in capital for that, making it at least worthwhile. Um, and so we launched that and, and ended up essentially shutting down the hedge fund part to cap that story stock doubles, sells out literally two year mark. <laughs> Boom! like just kicking myself um for not going all in and you know pushing forward on the on the raise but things happen right you adjust you pivot so we got this five million dollar mezzanine fund um it's it's myself full-time again 50 50 business partner but he's he has a full-time job he he does not come over we end up raising 20 million in capital over essentially like a year, year and a half into the fund. We do 20 deals inside two years across the capital structure. So we're doing debt, equity, mezzanine financing. Um, and then at that point, I kind of got burnt out um, by the end of 2017. I was pretty much burnt out. All the money was put to work, ended up selling that. Um, piece and there's kind of semi-retiring for three months as as people in the deal world know two years 20 deals way too many deals for one person to to put together and put that money to work i was on five boards i was on a nonprofit board um and then you know what typically happens one 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 out of 20 portfolio companies isn't doing well. So I step in as CEO of the company. There's a company in Dallas, Texas, and I'm in Indianapolis. So I'm literally flying back and forth like every week to take over this company 
Um, and it was, it was a lot in a short period of time. And, uh, one of the, one of my partners wanted to own the whole thing. And so, I was, Hey man, <laughs> here you go. Uh, so I, I took a buyout, walked on, um, from there, just kind of did some freelance work, ended up as a CFO as a, of a startup company. And then just ventured into the e-commerce space, was looking for passive income, was looking for ways to make money, generate money online so I could live that free lifestyle, so I could travel, so I could hang out with my kids. Um, and that's where I kind of ventured into e-com and quantum capital group, quantum e-com, which is my company now. I have a 50-50 business partner out of Cleveland, Nick, who's actually on your uh, your mindset show right. a couple of weeks ago. That's right. Um, and so now we're running Quantum Capital Group. Um, we've got about 30 clients, 50 some Amazon, Walmart, Etsy, Facebook Marketplace stores under our belt. And that's what we do full time now. So it's been quite the run in the in the entrepreneurial world and uh, definitely just getting started. Yeah, man. Well, I, I thank you for going a lot deeper into your story. That's pretty crazy. You know, being a brand spanking new entrepreneur and then getting like left in the dark completely with millions of dollars. And you're like, whoa, okay, like, let's do this. Yeah. I was like, I was just like, man, I like literally, uh, my, my wife now ex-wife, as you can imagine, <laughs> It's like you're 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 quitting your you know hundred and fifty two hundred thousand dollar a year job to go launch this hedge fund and I'm like yeah yeah we got fifteen million coming in you do the math at two and twenty like this is a home run we're gonna be millionaires like and um and would have been because it played out perfectly um yeah and, and so ended up going like almost a year pretty much without income with a second child that had just been born. Um, and so, you know, managing that stress load was wild at the time. <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah. So, I mean, clearly, you know, you, so you've been in the entrepreneur game for quite a while now. You're at, you know, eight years, man. And yeah. clearly there's been quite a few bumps in the roads in, in the road with the other, you know, business ventures that you had. What, what are some of the biggest life lessons that you've picked up along the way after going through those businesses and what would be some of the most impactful advice that you'd want to leave for somebody just getting started as an entrepreneur? Yeah, man. Um, well, it was just going all in, right? Like I, I, I burned the boats. Um, and, and I'm not sure I fully even knew what I was getting myself into. And I think, that's true for a lot of entrepreneurs, right? Like if you sit there and you wait and wait and wait for that, like just right opportunity, it's likely that you'll never make that jump, that that you'll never take that risk to live an above average life. Mm -hmm. and, and I see so many that just make excuses of, well, I can't do it now, maybe later, or I need these ducks to be in a row before I'm willing to do that. Right. But it's the greatest learning lesson of your life because it's going to push everything right in front of your face. And it's the greatest mirror, the greatest growth journey. And I, and I think the point being is you just got to jump because there's never a right time. And if you're going to sit there and calculate every single risk, you'll eventually never make the jump and, and you don't even know them all, right? There's so many bumps that happen along the way that are totally unanticipated. Um, and so that rolls into that second part, which is just, you're going to have challenges. Challenges are going to come up. Things are going to come up. It's definitely not going to go the way you think it's going to go. And so it's just been learning to, roll with those punches to take them, to absorb them, to pivot shift. Um, and the third part is just failing forward. I, I think for myself included and so many out there, they're just afraid of failure. They're just afraid they're going to fail. But what, what is failure? I mean, I'm just learning. <laughs> it's yeah, an opportunity you, to learn. You only win or learn. That's it. Right. And, and so I, I, I guess, 
failing is quitting, you know, just stopping the journey, your path, your life journey. Um, but yeah, just absorbing that and just learning and failing quickly, failing forward, pivoting and shifting. And there's been so many times I've had to pivot in my life. And so many times, you know, it felt like quitting or it felt like you wanted to quit or that the challenges were insurmountable in that moment or in that day. And if you're able to just step back and look at the grander picture of just going, okay, this is another challenge, right? And it doesn't matter what you do, what business you're in. I've talked to so many successful, you know, business guys as, as you have, um, and there's just going to be challenges and you're going to fail. So fail quickly, learn from those mistakes and then just pick your head up and move forward. Um, cause you're, you're going to get punched in the face. And like Mike Tyson says, you think you got a plan, but once you take that first punch, the plan goes right out the window. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent that. And that's like one of the most, um, one of the most, you know, being an entrepreneur is really just all about problem solving. It's about how, how many, pro how many problems can you solve? How quick can you solve them? <laughs> and, uh, you know, what, what, how, how often can you do it? Because they're always going to pop up. They're oh, always yeah. going to pop up. It sounds like one of the biggest challenges that, that you've had and overcome multiple times is having things really like the facts are completely against you. The odds are not in your favor. But with the positive mindset, you know, that you've developed over the years, just knowing that it's all going to work out and kind of, you know, move, rolling with the punches. For sure, man. It's so many times it seemed like the odds were just stacked against you, that there was a brick wall that you had to run through. You know, your perseverance is going to get tested one way or another. You know, your resilience, can you push through? Can you break through that? Um, so, yeah, man. Yeah, for for people that have a job and they're looking to kind of break the barrier and wondering when is their time to to go. I mean, obviously the answer would kind of be just do it, but what do you think needs to be in place for someone to really confidently make that switch of having the job and also having their business and then just dropping it and being like, "You know what? I can do this." Yeah. I mean, that's a tough question, right, overall, and everyone has to make that decision for themselves because you're obviously the only one that are going to live with it. And, and for a lot of people, I just tell them, well, I mean, you need to understand that there's going to be different stressors that come with it, right? So having a job, you have your own set of things you're dealing with, your own challenges, your own problems, or just the lack of time freedom, lack of flexibility, the lack of ability to travel or hang out with your family. So, I mean, you really got to weigh that in terms of like, what are you actually looking for and what are you going to create? And if you can, if you can straddle it, all the better, right? Like if, if there's a way that you can get that side hustle going, you can get some foundation built for that business. Um, obviously, you know, hey, go to it. What I find a lot of times, though, is, is, is W-2 employees with a side hustle, you can be burning both ends, right? And so it's you're grinding it out at your nine to five, and then it's, well, I'm going to spend all this other time on the side hustle. And that can work, and you can make it work. Um, but just be careful that you're not kind of burning both ends, right? Um, and then at some point, you just kind of got to take the leap of faith, right? You, you just got to jump off the ledge and know that at some point there's a safety net there and that whatever you believe in, whatever faith you have is, is going to be there and that it's going to provide for you um, in the right time. And that doesn't mean, though, that you're not going to be tested. It doesn't mean... You're not going to go months without income wondering what you're going to do or where, how you're going to make ends meet. Right. Um, and, and so that's that stress factor I was talking about that people just need to be aware of when taking that leap, but there's no greater growth and learning experience than just 
taking that leap. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things that I got out of your answer just now is, is, you know, leveraging whatever faith that you have. No, you know, knowing that regardless of what happens, it's going to work out whether it's what you want or not. You know, if you end up having to get another job again and, and restart at some point, you know, that's how my journey went. But, you know, having that faith in, in your, in your, uh, whatever it is that you believe in and just kind of going for it and being like, you know what? I trust and I'm going to do this. This is, this is for, for the betterment of myself in the long run anyways, yeah. you know? And it'll, it'll test everything in you for sure. Right. I mean, and if that's your path, that's your path. And you're going to learn a lot about yourself in that process. And it's the greatest learning experience you can ever give yourself in my opinion. Yeah. And it's not for the faint heart, right? You, you gotta want it. You gotta go after it and you, you gotta have a good goal not let the ego step in and make it an ego play. I think sometimes people can get tripped up in this ego play of, of I'm going out to like prove something, right? I mean, we've both seen that as well. So just having that faith, stepping out there and just trusting with all you got. Yeah, I love that, man. So I think I'm going to make you think uh, with this one, but uh, can you can you walk us through your decision-making process when it comes to taking those risks in your business or in your life? And how do you evaluate opportunities and decide which ones you're going to pursue? That's a tough question at nine o'clock yeah. at night. <laughs> <laughs> decision fatigue has set in. No. Um, yeah, man, I, every, every decision is, is different in a way, but it comes down to, really weighing that opportunity cost, weighing the risk reward and, 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 and really jotting down the details of like weighing it out, pros and cons of, hey, what is my potential reward here? What is the time that I'm gonna have to put into this? And then what am I giving up in order to take on this opportunity, right? Because there's a million opportunities out there and they come fast and furious, um, especially when you get in these gen network groups and these other networking, there's guys making money doing all kinds of things and there's opportunities everywhere. Um, and so it comes down to really just weighing, like what is that risk reward? What is it that I'm willing to lay out time, resources, team, teams hours, right? And how long is it going to take me to get to at least the break even if not a positive cash flow opportunity? Um, so that's kind of like the, you know, analysis part that I'm doing. But then there's another piece where I've got to eventually trust my gut instinct. And I've got to feel into does this feel good or does this not feel good in my body? Like, ultimately, what does my initial gut instinct say? Like, typically, I feel it in my stomach. Everyone feels it in different areas. Um, that's kind of getting into I feel like, it in my left pinky toe, actually. So, there right. you go. Don't, yeah. don't chop off your left pinky toe then. Definitely not. Yeah, I um, need that. That feel. gets into like some human design stuff, which is pretty fun. But, um, you know, really just feeling into that intuition, into the gut of going, do I trust myself and do I trust this situation? Do I trust this opportunity? Um, and then the other component of having a business partner is, right, we're going to hash it out. So, you know, we typically will try to journal beforehand, hey, we're going to have a call this time and then we're going to hash out and we're just going to play devil's advocate beat it against the wall and see what comes out on the other side. And, and sometimes it's, all right, we're going. And then a week later, it's like, this doesn't feel, yeah, we're just not feeling it. And we gotta be quick to cut, man, because we can't get months and months into these things. Our team, you know, is, is not big enough to take on every opportunity. And if I'm going after every opportunity, then my team is going to be displaced in too many different areas. Um, and so then they're going to want to, you know, 
they're going to want to do bad things to me because I'm going to send them all in different directions. So we try to get aligned, but we're quick. We're quick to make the decision, but we're quick to cut it off as well. Yep. hundred percent. So, you know, being a father and an entrepreneur at the same time, how does being a dad impact that decision-making process? And also did it change the way, well, how does it change the way that you kind of manage your time and approach, you know, your risk-taking taking methods? Because obviously, um, you know, you told me that your kids, you got eight and ten. Yep. So you 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 had like babies when you were doing this hedge fund thing, man, right? Yeah, they uh, yeah. yeah my my daughter who's eight now was just born, uh, and my son was two at the time. Um, and so, yeah, they play a huge factor and, you know, for me though, it's involving them in the business. It's involving them in entrepreneurship. It's exposing them to something different that's out there. Um, getting them involved, showing them, Hey, yeah, dad's busy. Yeah, dad's got to take this call, but you know, this call is X, Y, Z. It means this to the business. And, and, and involving them in that and not just pushing it aside. Hey, dad's got to take a call. It's explaining, hey, this is why dad's got to take a call. And managing that time so that I have the quality time with the kids. Because that's, you know, number one priority, utmost important is quality time with the kids and making sure that I'm present and there for them. And that was one of the greatest learning lessons you know, launching my hedge fund, going through a divorce, you know, shortly thereafter, and just realizing that I probably wasn't the present dad that I wanted to be. Um, and it really shook me to my core of like, oh, man, like I get a second opportunity, like these kids are still young, I can still show them with my presence, I can still include them. And, um, you know, one of the greatest lessons was they, uh, Back uh, two summers ago when those poppet things were huge, mm -hmm. um, I had my, the kids kept showing them to me and I'm like, you guys think you could sell these? They're like, yeah. So I go on Alibaba, I order $250 worth of poppets from China and deliver to the house. These kids make $5,000 in one summer selling these poppets, you know, at, they would have been six and eight years old at the time for one summer. I'm like, yeah what incredible valuable learning lessons that they just got how to negotiate and to talk to people and to sell uh and to not be afraid to go up to people and take their money and count out the change and so for me it's just getting them involved and not and not pushing it away and saying that you know business is this and kids is this like it's just life to me um, but, but I'm cognizant of making sure I'm spending that quality time with them, present time with them. And obviously, you know, the risk reward has to be laid out as well, you know, to your question, like, Hey, is this worth risking everything? Is this worth risking X, Y, Z, um, depending on the scenario, right? Is this worth the opportunity to chase, even though it might require a bit of a sprint? And, and then I know, okay, I'm going to have to pull back. Uh, and so those are just kind of the decisions that go through my head of just trying to balance that time, balance the entrepreneur life with an eight and 10 year old and single dad in it, right? For the most part. So, um, you know, raising the kids and feeding them and, you know, getting them on the bus and all of that, um, you know, falls on me. So yeah, I, there ain't no nanny. We don't got nannies over here. It's dad. Nannies. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I love that, bro. You know, uh, I love being able to kind of see, um, you know, other entrepreneurs risk taking uh, mindset because as an entrepreneur, that's like really like the main thing that brought us to this life was taking that initial risk, taking that jump. Um, you know, it's, it's one of the most valuable lessons that you can get from choosing the life path of an entrepreneur or just someone that's self-employed or anything like that, because it's on you. It's on you hundred percent. As soon as you do that. hundred percent accountability, right? Jocko style. 
taco style baby extreme ownership but yeah man so uh glad we got to see a little bit of a peek inside of you and your uh mindset towards business we're gonna cut over to our break and then we'll see you on the second half of the show awesome thanks man yes sir brian i'm gonna i'm gonna play this thing <laughs> All right, now that we're out of church, uh, God, <laughs> please drop your donations in the offering as it comes around. We had another church session tonight. Usually we have a better timer, but like for some weird reason, my uh, tabs were glitching. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the MI5 show. Uh, that was an amazing first half. Welcome, Troy. Uh, so happy to see you here, man. Uh, I also, as most of our MI5 community knows, uh, was down in Las, uh, not Las Vegas, but uh, Puerto Rico, uh, where we met Troy at the lovely Conquistador Hotel. And gosh, man, boy, did we have some fun down there, huh? That's right. Beautiful weather. Oh, yeah. Beaches, water. Everything, everything people could ask for. You know, what was interesting is, uh, like Andrew said, uh, we spent some time with Troy uh, around a fireplace in a common area. And then the next day, uh, we didn't mention this, but we all actually, it was me, Troy, Andrew, and Nick. And we were like little kids because we had the whole water park to ourselves <laughs> down in Puerto Rico. We're going down the slides. We're riding the lazy river. There's no weights. There's no lines. And gosh, man, just to have that sort of experience with you uh, to express our inner child and to uh -huh. To play was 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 a lot of fun so don't forget it was raining too we were playing in the rain oh we were playing in the rain yeah we were splashing around like all of a sudden in the middle of the, <laughs> the middle of our water park adventure it just starts coming down we're just like thank you so much and we just keep on going and going and going gosh man uh definitely something i'll remember forever and i can't wait to hang out again in Bo you're gonna be in boston right in uh in may yeah i've been on it yeah, we're going to have to invite you, Andrew. We have to invite, uh, you know, just as a side note, we have to invite you and Nick. Uh, I don't know if we've mentioned, we're going to hike up a mountain, uh, you know, a couple days before. Um, so we'd love to have you guys pop up to that retreat. It's going to be a blast. Um, I'm always down to hike a mountain. So oh, Excellent, excellent. Awesome. Well, let's hop right into it. You know, you gave us a great overview of your journey as an entrepreneur, uh, an amazing one. Uh, definitely some synergy within, you know, us, which is why we clicked it off immediately. Uh, we, we all came, you know. Uh, together over the topic of obviously gin and, and what type of person uh, or individual we want to represent ourselves as in the universe and what type of frequency and energies we give off. And that instantly drew us together. But on top of that, uh, we had these layers of the financial markets. We had these layers of understanding uh, the, the power of things such as passive investments, e-commerce, some of the stuff you were talking about with Andrew in the future. So what I want to know is, you know, what new technologies or innovations do you see having the biggest impact on your business in the near future and how you plan to take advantage of those technologies. Uh, Cause I definitely think it's a very, very, you know, emerging uh, or say, say evolving world, especially in the world of e-commerce. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, so for us, our, our point of emphasis right now is actually TikTok. Yep. Uh, TikTok has some shopping e-com components to it. So we're currently testing out selling on TikTok and what that looks like and hoping to be able to provide that to clientele as well as another platform to sell on. Obviously, Amazon's the behemoth in the room. Facebook Marketplace is fairly new, um, but we've been on there for about two years and Walmart is up and coming, uh, but TikTok is the newest. 
Yeah. Um, and around that, it's about automation, right? So we provide an automated service for people. And it's how do we automate the backend system? Because these automation companies that are out there, most of them actually aren't automated themselves on the backside. <laughs> yeah, they're um, very manual, right? It's, it's like oh, super manual. Automation uh, for you, but manual for us. Yeah. <laughs> right? It's like, yeah, it's passive for you, but it's not passive for the 30 people you know, running everything behind the scenes. So that's what we're working on right now is software to automate um, client portals to build out and just professionalize everything. Um, yeah. Cause the e-com space is, is a wild west, man. It's 10 years old. I mean, if you yeah. think about an industry that that's really new still. So um, new. Absolutely. So, so we're just testing out a bunch of softwares behind the scenes. Yeah, with AI coming into the picture, has that made any sort of, uh, you know, sort of gears turn in you and Nick's head as we as we kind of work, work into this world where obviously I feel like every other day uh, we're seeing something AI pop up on, you know, you know, new tools. And I know it's blowing our minds over here, but yeah, what about you guys? What's I, I got to riff on that for a second because it's like everyone's an AI expert now suddenly you're like, Oh yeah. Chat GPT has been out for like one month, but you're suddenly a chat GPT expert. But what's even funnier is I'm on all these like business broker sites and I'm on all these like paid subscription models where I see businesses for sale. Like every day I'm seeing tens of business for sale. And what's hilarious is all these AI businesses are now for sale. And I'm like, it can't be more than like three months old and then <laughs> they've created something and now they're selling this AI software when it's totally open. Wild. <laughs> Wild. Like, Does this make sense? But to get to your, your point, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of opportunity to use this AI to find product, to create product, right? We, we started diving into what would it be like to create AI art and sell it print on demand. Ooh, that's fun. We have, could we have bots like just generate random art and then? Oh yeah, we play with art. It's so cool. Yeah, like you you play with these pictures, and then you know we already have a team. We we already do print on demand. We have a hundred thousand dollar Etsy business that does print on demand. So we have no inventory and we have no stock of anything. Beautiful. And we have designers that are amazing that create these designs, but we're starting to play around with what would it look like for AI to design this? And then the designers, our designers are just, or order fulfillers at, at some point we hire someone different because they're just placing the AI straight on t-shirts, canvases, water bottles, mugs, right? You name it. it it's endless opportunities there. So that's what we're oh, kind of yeah. playing around with right now. Um, that's cool. Yeah. So. Full expression too, of just creativity of being able to like, you know, have a one of a kind piece that looks really good. I mean, holy crap. Some of the stuff this AI is doing is just out of this world. Right. You're like, wait, <laughs> that was robot generated. Yeah. Like 30 seconds ago. Like what's going on? <laughs> we were doing company logos this week for uh, a hedge fund that we're helping start off of uh, a couple of friends of ours, you know, and we're just like, what if we reimagine your logo like this with like Aztec and gold and we did it and it had like this goddess and it was like three dimensional and oh my gosh, man. Yeah. The potential is wild, but that's awesome. Very cool. So, you know, what advice would you give to aspiring entrepreneurs who are just starting out? Uh, you know, you've been on this journey for a while. Um, you know, what would be some of the most important factors for success uh, if somebody wanted to hop into the space? Yeah. So without diving back into kind of some of the lessons I said earlier of failing forward and that sort of thing. Yeah. Really sticking to it, having the discipline and focus to stick to, I don't want to say one thing because it can be multiple things inside that one thing, but to... You know, people really say riches in the niches, right? Yeah. And, and it's a cliche for a reason. And when you're just starting out, you want everyone to be your client. And you want to take on everyone and you want to help everyone. <laughs> and you yep. want to cast the world's widest net. And you want to keep all opportunities open and all options open because it feels good. 
and really World's your oyster. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and maybe you just have to go through that. I don't know. Right. Cause people told me the same thing and I was like, no, whatever, you know, you don't know, this is different. You know, this time's different. And so it's, if you could just get that discipline to focus, to have, to, to focus on a f- one or two opportunities that are complimentary at least, right? Versus like total, like don't do two totally uncomplimentary. You could probably do two similar type things or have different similar models, but really discipline, focus and staying in that niche and, yeah. and finding a problem or a solution that you can solve for people out in the world and then going and providing value. It just how much value can I provide? How much value can I add? What problems can I solve? Um, and I know it feels a little cliche, but as that beginning entrepreneur, you kind of want to, sh- you tend to like shake it off because it sounds cliche-ish and you want to like do your own thing and make it your own. And maybe you just have to learn the hard way, you know? Um, but we learn the hard way multiple oh, yeah. times, right? Bang your head against the wall many times. For sure. And you know, you break. Yeah. yeah, no, we, we've learned that lesson over here. Uh, you know, as a newer company, MI5, you were about one year. We're turning one year on April 15th. I'm nice. so excited. Absolutely. Dude, that's our, I'm pretty sure that's our anniversary too. No way. Yeah. What are the chances of that? That's wild. But yeah, that's our one year mark uh, for MI5. And, you know, recently we had to have a calibration session. We're just like, oh my gosh, there's, cause we're abundantly provided for, we're infused with abundance, but uh, you know, Andrew, me, Eric, the core members are like, oh, we've got all these plates spinning. How do we narrow it down to focusing on core focuses? Because I think as entrepreneurs and, and, and you know, especially recently job free entrepreneurs, as a lot of us, um, you know, spend a lot of world in corporate and operations. You have this sort of, you know, mentality of like the world is your oyster. You can, you know, there's unlimited potential. If you if you make that step into job free entrepreneurs. The first thing you think is like, oh my gosh, unlimited potential. Come at me. Anything and everything uh, does come at you. And it, it's it's hard not to get shiny object syndrome. It's hard not to have a lot of different plates spinning. And that really dilutes your ability to concentrate and focus on making a couple of different things just really, really good. Um, you know, so we've got MI5, of course, those that know our system. We've got Grand Rising Financial. Those are two, one and the same. Uh, and then we've got, you know, another world of just like deals and brokering, but that's outside of that. So it's just, it's very small concentration buckets, and, uh, multiple people too. So I think that's a, that's a really great lesson. Now you've got a business partner, uh, Nick, he was on our mindset mastery. Uh, so happy to have him and we can't wait to have you on there too, at some point. Now tell me about, you know, one of the things that I've learned and all of the, the core members, tell me about like how that looks, especially uh, you know, how you guys complement each other uh, and being part of gin. I think energetically connecting with a partner is is like, you know, on a on a frequency based level. If you guys know what I'm talking about, uh, I think it's just a completely different business experience than some of the companies that I've run in the past. Uh, tell, tell me how that relationship looks, how it's helped you along your journey and what that's meant for you and your development. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, you know, first and foremost, we connected as brothers. On an energy, on a level of friendship, on a on another level, it had nothing to do with business, and and that's how we connected and we stayed connected. And then it just naturally formed as we just continued discussions. We were both doing similar things in the e-commerce space. Um, Nick comes from a attorney by trade, corporate IBM contract law in some startups and I come from this analytical operations hedge fund um, world. And so we just complement each other amazing in the sense that he loves leading people. He, he loves being the raw, raw motivational. I, I always joke with him that he's a mini Tony Robbins, but he's not <laughs> even mini cause he's like six, three, two um, and he's chiseled. So I'm like, I call you a mini Tony Robbins only because Tony Robbins has like 500 million followers and we're not there yet. So, you know, (laughs) but that, 
he loves playing that role. He loves speaking and coaching and building the team and overseeing the team. Um, and I love getting my hands dirty, executing operations, finance. Um, and so we just complement each other really well. But, you know, the other thing I would say is, like I said, I, I was an, I've been an entrepreneur since 2015 and I was on an island for a while. I was essentially by myself running the fund for three years and it felt really lonely. It felt like I was on an island, it felt like I burdened everything and I didn't have anyone to go to on those days where it was just hard or challenges came up, right? And so that's one of the things I love the most about having a business partner and a brother and someone that you can connect on a deeper level because we don't even have to call and talk to each other about business. It might be, hey man, we gotta get your energy right. We gotta get you feeling good. Like forget business, that doesn't even matter right now. Like until you're feeling good, until you you know, are just in a good space, then we'll talk about business. And that's what I love that we can just call each other out, that we can be there to rah-rah, to motivate, to support, to listen, hear, and just validate one another in terms of what we're going through and to be able to go through something together just makes it that much more, you know, strong on the other side. Cause we're going through the valleys and the ups and downs together and we're battling it out and we got each other's backs at all times. And just knowing that, you know, and there's a little, you're knowing that the other guys relying on you and you're relying on the other guy. And so, puts a little pep in your step too of, Hey man, I'm, I'm doing this for more than just myself right now. And you don't want to let him down. <laughs> you don't want to let him down. You don't want to let anyone down. And it, it feels good to not be on an Island anymore. Awesome. Yeah. I know the dynamic, I think of, uh, you know, partnership, uh, energetic partnership, you know, <laughs> at that is just such a, Gosh, I mean, it's, it's, it's the fuel. It's, it's, it's masterminding. It's how MI5 was born. It's, you know, seeing, you know, and hearing how you just described how you guys, you know, bounce off of each other. Uh, there's something special about that energy. And uh, we could definitely feel it, uh, you know, when we got to meet both you guys down in Puerto Rico. So, uh, so Troy, um, if you were any part on a bicycle, you know, what part are you going to be and why? Ooh. Oh man, I'd have to say the pedals cause, cause I'm the accelerator. Like I'm, I'm just going to go, man. I'm just going to spin those wheels and I'm going to go. That's, that's my speed. I trust myself. I trust my instincts. I trust my gut. I make decisions quickly. We move and we pivot and shift. Um, and so that's where I, I see the pedals being that just go accelerator to be able to go wherever you want to go. What's a belief or opinion of yours uh, that most people would find surprising or controversial? Ooh. Controversial to believe. Oh. Just laying it on here on a Tuesday, man. Yeah. Yeah. This definitely was not set up because you guys, you didn't, you didn't softball me this question. Um, <laughs> controversial belief, man. Um, hmm. Gone down a lot of rabbit holes in life. Um, I think a lot of things are rabbit holes that keep us distracted from the truth. Mm. And there's sometimes a lot of searching when it's already inside of you, but you keep searching elsewhere. So you go down further and further rabbit holes and try new things. Yeah. I've been there before. It's, it's easy to get stuck in the rabbit hole. <laughs> For sure. And there's a million of them. Yeah. Yeah. And you just, sometimes you find both feet in a, in a hole <laughs> at the same time you know, and you're stuck and you just got to climb your way out. If, if $10 million were to hit your bank account tomorrow, but you have to spend it on making a positive impact on the world, how are you going to spend that money and what are you going to do with it? That's going straight into my foundation and then clean water for everyone, 
um, Operation Underground, uh, the trex, the sex trafficking. Awesome, yeah. Um, and so I, I mentioned I was on a nonprofit board. It was around um, children and giving them a second opportunity in life. A lot of them have been like abused, neglected, or orphaned. Um, so that would be the third bucket. Um, and I'd split the money equally from the foundation into all of that. That's awesome, man. Yeah, no, definitely. We have a, some people in our community that believe heavily in that. And have you heard of Project Uprise? I haven't. Ooh, yeah. Should but I? But I just started a men's group in Indy called Uprise Indy. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. You should uh, you should check out Project Uprise. It's pretty all cool. Right. A couple of people that speak on Project Uprise in our network. Um, all right, man. Well, I'll I'll, I'll lay off the the hard ones here. Uh, you know, what's the next five years look like, Nick? Uh, I'm sorry, not Nick. With you and Nick, Troy, what does the next five years look like? You guys are in ecom. You know, I'm sure uh, you've brainstormed about kind of how additional things layer on outside of, of course, you know, selling on TikTok. Uh, and, and things of that nature. Yeah. So we're really, really bullish on Facebook Marketplace, um, having a lot of success selling on Facebook Marketplace for ourselves and our clients. So that is definitely a big point of contention. We're in talks with some big partnerships and big partnership opportunities on that side to run Facebook stores mm -hmm. um, for some, some big time partners out there. Amazon, still bullish. Um, you know, we got a good base, find a lot of inventory to buy for clientele and ourselves. private label brands, I think is still going to continue to be huge, right? Building out those private label brands. We've got a big one in our pocket. We're excited to launch. Actually, we got a couple that we're excited to launch soon. I think we're going to be absolute home runs. So we're really focused on those. Um, excited to let everyone know what those are once we're launched. Yeah, we're excited to hear. I think that's fun. So just being able to have that obviously creative freedom within your space sounds like it's uh it's a yeah. yeah. Launching those, but really just building up our clientele, um, helping people. I mean, that's what we want to do. We're on a mission to help as many people, same with you. And so yep. it's getting clients under our belt so we can generate passive income for people, so we can help as many people as we can. Um, that's what we love doing. And so, you know, we're on Walmart as well. And then we hope to be on TikTok soon and be able to launch that and help people. What about Snapchat? I heard Snapchat selling too these days. We haven't dove into Snapchat yet. That goes kind of back to that. How many balls and how many plates can you have spinning at one time? Right, right, right. Um, Focus on but... a couple first then evolve, right? <laughs> so we, we feel like we got our hands full with the, the, the plates we got. And it's, it's all going really well. And we feel like we have really good teams in place to tackle that. And, and going back to your point, what does that next five years look like? It looks like automating our business even more and getting software involved to help us to make it even better, to make it an even more seamless and smooth process for our clients to generate that passive income. And, and for ourselves, obviously, because we're our own clients. Um, yeah. Even if we didn't have clients, we'd still have the same team. Um, we'd still be doing all the same things. So there, there's really no difference. So um, the next five years just looks like really building out quantum e-com, building out the private label brands, growing our client base and helping as many people as we possibly can along the way. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think that that's just a testament to your, your laser focus and really just, you know, honing in on what you guys are great at. Uh, I definitely see, uh, for those members in MI5 here watching tonight, some collaborations down the line for MI5 uh, with, uh, with you guys, with Quantum. I yeah. think that one of the, you know, that, that's one of the things that brought us together in the first place is just that love for truly allowing people, um, you know, to involve themselves in something that creates a passive income stream. How important do you think that it is, you know, that, that people, especially in the state of the world today, have that additional income stream? Today feels like we're ever closer to, I don't know what, uh, and I don't try to predict the future, but it feels like it is of the utmost importance to have different sources of income 
different ways to generate income. And even inside e-com, when I'm talking to prospective clients, it's how do we diversify your e-com portfolio, right? So I'm not even saying how many different sources of passive income should you have. I'm saying, how do you even diversify inside of e-com, right? Yeah, because that's a whole sector, right? Having a portfolio. Right, that's a whole sector. That'd be like, you know, buying one stock and thinking that's your whole portfolio. Absolutely, yeah. Um, versus, oh, well, maybe you want some bonds, some more conservative e-com plays, and maybe you want some aggressive, risky plays, or maybe, and you want a handful, right? So, sure, yeah. Right now, based on what's happening in the world, and not, it's not fear-based. If anything, it's just, hey, we're we're realizing what's going on in the world. We're realizing where rates are. We're realizing where inflation is. So holding your dollar bills in the bank, you're automatically losing 8% on paper. But let's be realistic. Trans, you know, transitory inflation <laughs> you know, is a lot higher than 8% if you've been to the grocery store in the last month or two. Yeah, look at those eggs. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even buy eggs in Austin, Texas. But um, yeah, man, I think now more than any is just how do you build up those sources of passive income for yourself, for your family, for your future? And what does that look like? And how do you diversify across multiple things? Absolutely. And I think that's one of the reasons why MI5 plans to voyage into e-commerce as 2023 progresses, because there is, you know, just like we're kind of heavily, you know, our portfolio is like the hedge fund space, like, you know, which markets can you get into? You know, there's Forex, there's crypto, there's, uh, you know, NFTs, there's staking, there's, you know, DeFi, there's all these different things. Uh, yeah. But you know, now it's like, well, how can you diversify these portfolios in these buckets of these sectors of business so that you have not just one, uh, but multiples? And especially as I think e-commerce is something that's just ever evolving. Um, and it's, you know, there's points in time where certain e-commerce platforms are taking off. And who knows? I mean, we don't even really know, I think, what the next wave of e-commerce even looks like uh, right. as, as we go into the world of, you know, I, I, I believe anyways, and, you know, I think we all can attest that like cryptocurrency and, and things of that nature may change uh, the way that the e-commerce space looks like in the next, uh, in the next several years here. And even AI, uh, you know, Eric yeah. and I were kind of talking about this the other day. It's like, we're going to live in a world where we all have, assistance uh not just the siri assistant but we can just be like you know hey ai assistant you know order my girlfriend a uh a present for her birthday send it to her house to arrive on march 19th at three o'clock p.m and uh based it off of her facebook history searching and her web searches for the last two weeks on yeah. this safari you know it's like things like that that just kind of like and that will integrate right into a e-commerce platform it'll shop it will ship it will you know create you know there's no one can yeah. even fathom what's what's down the pipe, you know, and it's it's For really sure. cool. Um, cool, man. Um, tell me, um, you know, uh, I got two more questions for you. What was the most embarrassing moment of your life, and what did you learn from that lesson? Mm. Most embarrassing. Mm. It had to be missing a goal at some point. Just. You know, missing a game-winning layup soccer goal at some point. Oh, yeah. Those, I, are, those are the tough moments. Yeah. I can recall a few. Um, <laughs> actually, one time had, like, nightmares where I replayed every goal I ever missed in my career. Oh, wow. That's, that's, that's that was brutal. brutal. But um, in terms of learning, it was just having that <laughs> – using a Ted Lassoism, having that goldfish mentality, right? Because – Sure, I missed it, and guess what? I had to get right back on it. I had to get right back into the next game, into the oh, next yeah. play, and I had to go on about it. I didn't have time to sulk and feel sorry for myself to pout and be down. It was like, that sucks. <laughs> I'm embarrassed and, and ashamed that I could have won the game for my team and won it so many other times, Wonderful. and this one time I blew it, right? I just blew it. And so, um, but getting right back up, right? Bouncing back, getting back after it and having that goldfish memory of just forgetting that it ever happened. And the next shot had nothing to do 
the next opportunity had nothing to do with the opportunity before. Yeah, completely unrelated and having that resilience to recognize, you know, uh, especially in the world of sports. I mean, we hear, you know, I'm a I'm a Tom Brady guy up here in Boston. So there's that, you know, we all know it's the focus of the game. And, you know, if, if once the game's over, we're not focusing on that game anymore. We're on to the next game. That's um, right. Absolutely, man. All right. Well, hey, Troy, what is, um, you know, diving deep here, man? What's what's your passion? You know, if you had to describe to the audience what your passion was in a nutshell, what are you so passionate about? What is your purpose here as an amazing energetic being in the universe? Yeah, man. Well, first and foremost, it's to be an amazing dad and father to my kids. Um, that's, you know, one, two and three. Absolutely. And coming after that is just I feel this mission, this call to really helping people create financial and time freedom in their life. And that's what drew me to the e-com space. That's what drew me to helping people is being able to deliver that to people so that they can have financial freedom and time freedom back in their life. And I feel like I'm here on a mission to help as many people as I can do that across the world. And I hope to do it in other countries. I hope to do entrepreneur programs for those, you know, underserved youth. Just like my kids were able to sell $5,000 in a summer selling some pop it, fidget popper things. <laughs> I want to be able to give that experience to others so that, they know, so that people, kids know that there's another way. There's another opportunity. And you don't have to just have a job. You don't have to, you know, go society's route and you can, and that's totally cool. And just the optionality of knowing that there's another route. And I'm really passionate about helping kids. I'm really passionate about entrepreneurship and, and passionate about giving back and figuring out how to add value to the world. Well, that's amazing. And, you know, just from that description, we can all tell uh, if you were listening tonight that you're living your passion <laughs> and, and, and that you actually get to do what you love every single day. And I think that that's just such a blessing, uh, you know, and something that I don't take for granted for a second. And and no doubt uh, for, for everyone that's in MI5, you, everyone can see the synergy uh, amongst, you know, why we've connected and why, Troy, uh, you've joined us here this evening. So thank you so much, man. You know, I want to just, you know, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. Uh, it's been a blessing getting to know you a little bit deeper tonight. Uh, even though we, we talked for quite a few hours, I think it was like one o'clock in the morning that we went back to you our- got pretty late. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty late that, uh, that first night. But yeah, man, uh, it's really been a blessing. Uh, if people want to follow Troy uh, on Instagram, we've got his tag down below here. Definitely feel free to reach out and connect. Uh, Troy is, uh, I believe you're in our MI5 community on Telegram. If you're not, we'll have to get you in there. Uh, as well. Uh, so yeah, man, thank you yep. so much. Just want to just want to really, uh, you know, give the hats off to you for sharing some value tonight. Thanks, man. Appreciate you having me on. All right. Any last words for our viewers? Take the leap. Take the leap. All right. Get after it. I just want to remind everybody, you know, tonight on the MI5 show, uh, we take this opportunity to highlight and showcase amazing individuals from all over the world. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, we have for the last, oh gosh, coming up on a year, April 15th, one year anniversary for the MI5 uh, movement. Uh, we've connected with over 800 people uh, worldwide uh, on Zoom calls and well over probably another two, three, 400 people in person in conferences. Uh, and, and we love, you know, connecting with people. And there's been so many amazing energetic beings that we found along our journey. And the, the purpose of this show and the purpose of us highlighting and bringing somebody on here like Troy and, and like our other guests is to allow you guys to see uh, the brilliance that's out there. Uh, there's, there's a world that's, you know, you know, it's easily consumed, uh, you know, it's easily to get consumed within the negative, you know, the, the banks that are failing uh, this week, if that's on your topic, or, you know, the crypto markets that send us for roller coasters, or your job, if you if you're still employed, 
uh, and, you know, or the people that you surround yourself with, whether that's your family, whether that's your coworkers, you know, sometimes I hear people saying like, oh my gosh, there's, are there any good people yet uh, left? Well, yes, there are. You just have to find them. And with technology and being able to have Zoom calls, being able to go to conferences, uh, you know, there's a conference every day in the world somewhere, go find one. Uh, you're able to run into the amazing individuals uh, like Troy and, and like all the people that we get to meet. And I, it's, I really encourage, you know, everybody uh, that if you feel like you're in a negative situation, you truly are the sum of the people that you surround yourself with and the people that you infuse your life with. And uh, gosh, I, it's been a blessing to infuse ourselves with Troy and his business partner, Nick. I want to thank everybody for coming out tonight and you know joining. We've had quite a few viewers pop in and out. I want to thank everybody in the chats for the participa uh, participation and for all the fun uh, you know, little tidbits that they've thrown in there. And I want to bring Andrew Golden back in because he is the star of the end of the MI5 show every single week because I can't do this as good as him. Mr. Andrew Golden coming in. I'm going to put you front and center here. That's right. Yeah. You know, I can't. We can't neglect our weekly weather forecasts. You know, it's very important that people make, and, and here in California, especially, it's relevant for me. Um, here too, man, it's been downpouring. It's just insane. You know, the, the, the ripple effect that MI5 is having on 2023 already. It's insane. <laughs> yeah, we're bringing the heat, man. And I just want to remind you guys, you know, as the official weatherman of MI5, I need, I have the obligation to remind you guys to grab your umbrellas. Because MI5 is taking 2023 by storm, baby. Let's go. Woo! Woo! All righty, guys. Have a yes! wonderful rest of your night. We'll see you next time. Yes.